Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It's not really important in the scheme of things what college you go to, what your destination is. It isn't even important for those of us that have homes and you think, well, where should we live? What's our final destination here on earth? What city should we be? What neighborhood? That's okay. We pray about those things, but that's not really too important. Most important thing you will ever determine and choose is where you will spend eternity. Due to the finite nature of our current minds and bodies, we often struggle when it comes to seeing the bigger picture. Throw the busyness of life and the denial of God's existence into the equation, we often end up living one day at a time. But what if life is more than just living one day after the other? In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark addresses the most important choice that each of us has to make. In our study, Pastor Mark encourages us to ask the most important question of our lives. Where do we plan on spending our eternity? Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark as he begins his message entitled, Your Final Destination. like to take vacations anybody out there hallelujah I like to vacation and I like to go all over the world I love to be in I've been in 40 some countries in the world and every state except Alaska and I like to look quite often in the USA today because they tell you the hot spots the places to go to well you know there's lots of vacation places you can go to and quite often in this top list there's places like Orlando or Hawaii how many have been to Hawaii let me see your hands Wow, terrific. And there's Las Vegas and London and Paris and China is a big one now. How many have been to China? Oh, you got to go to China. Been there three times. Incredible place. And there's New Zealand and South America. And even in the United States, San Diego is one of the major places to go just because of the weather and whatever. But I want you to guess today what the number one tourist destination was in 2004. The number one tourist destination in the United States. See if you can guess where it was. All right. Here's where it was. Mims, Florida. Why are you looking at me that way? No, you're right. It was definitely not Mims, Florida. Destinations. Vacation destinations. Jesus is not too interested in a vacation today. But he is finishing teaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. 
It'll take us a few weeks to finish. Chapters 5, 6, and 7 in the book of Matthew. As he finishes this teaching, he talks about one thing. Your final destination. Not where you're going to be buried or cremated, but your final, eternal destination. That's interesting because in Matthew chapter 7, we see four warnings. Warnings about the Christian life. Now remember who he's talking to. He's talking to disciples who've decided just to follow him. He's talking about people are kind of... Well, trying to make a decision whether they should become followers of Jesus Christ. And he's got the religious people. But he gives four warnings because of this principle. You need to understand it today. Life is not a playground. Life is a battlefield. It's the battle over you. You were created to know God. You will live somewhere forever. That's the battle. And so Jesus wants to wake up his disciples. He wants to talk about the important principles in life. It, it's not really too important today on the big scale of things where you vacation, whether it's Hawaii or MIMS. If you're a college student today, it's, it's not really important in the scheme of things what college you go to, what your destination is. It isn't even important for those of us that have homes and you think, well, where should we live? What's our final destination here on earth? Where, what city should we be? What neighborhood? That's okay. We pray about those things, but that's not really too important. most important thing you will ever determine and choose is where you will spend eternity. You see, because where you and I spend eternity, the amount of time we spend in eternity is way more than the amount of time we spend here on this earth. So Jesus begins these warnings. He says it does matter where you're going to live forever. Now there's a series of horror movies. I don't know them, but I was searching for something on the internet and I came and they're, they're called evidently Final Destination, must be one, two, three, whatever. But at the top there's something very interesting. Hard for you to read, but it says this, for every beginning, there's an end. That's full of truth. You see, people are searching for truth. There is no destination more important for us today than the place where you are going to live forever. Why are people searching? Just a couple weeks ago, in the Newsweek magazine, Spirituality in America. You see an overhead from that in the article right here. These are young guys that are praying the rosary. They're searching for answers to life. Why? Since December of last year, starting with the tsunami, I don't care how many years you've lived, we have never seen 11 months like these the last 11 months. See, we're beginning... To get to the place of the end of the world. You say, well, I don't believe that. One day you will. We're coming very close. We have never seen, yesterday, another earthquake. We've never seen the tornadoes and the hurricanes and the, the tsunamis and the, just the disaster everywhere. So people are searching for meaning to life. And amazingly, it takes those things to, to kind of stir us a little bit because most of us in this room haven't thought about our eternal destination once this week. 
We actually spend more time planning our vacation for this year than where we're going to spend eternity. So Jesus uses these words, beware, wake up, listen what's going to take place. And he does it with four warnings. They're loving warnings, but they're warnings to say, beware. The truth that you need to get today is simply this. Everyone will spend forever in one of two destinations. That includes you and that includes me. Now, these four warnings involve contrast. They involve two ways, two trees, two kinds of followers, and two foundations. We'll finish this over the next one or two weeks. Jesus begins this morning with his warnings about two ways of life. If you're already a Christian, these four warnings, you might think, well, I don't need these four warnings. Oh, yes, you do. Because I need to be reminded of eternity. The other thing I need to be reminded of is that God put us here to be a mouthpiece, to share. What about this week if somebody came to you at work, in the office, at school, and they said to you this, man, I see all those people dying in the the earthquakes over there, whatever. What do you think happens after the grave? What would you say? Would you know what happens after the grave? Would you understand the scriptures? Could you point to them very simply? Could you give a very biblical response to what we believe? Is it important that you do that? Yes. So you're going to learn this morning in two verses, volumes of stuff, probably no more, two verses, no more important than any other verses in all the Bible taught by Jesus. If you're not yet a believer, a follower of Christ, you will see how to become one. And that's the most important step you'll ever take. So we begin today with these contrasts. Look at verse chapter 7, verse 13. Enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate... And narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. Now, you, you could be a 10-year-old child and understand this, these two verses very clearly. According to Jesus, there are only... And look at this. This is very simple. He says there's two gates, wide and narrow. There's only two roads of life, narrow and broad. There's two crowds of people that find themselves on those two roads. And then there's only two destinations. What happens to man after the grave? Whether you're cremated or buried? Well, there's only two destinations. Notice the gates. There's no other gate. There's only two. The road, there's no middle way. There's two. The destination, there's not a third destination. There's two as you look at those choices, it reminds you what life's about. It's just made with choices. Jesus presents contrast. He says there's a, there's a right road and there's a wrong road. There's a right destination and there's a wrong destination. Life is filled with choices. Now, where do we enter as a believer as you look at that? 
as, as a Christian today, before you were a Christian, what road of life did you walk on? Well, we walked on the broad road, the road filled with sin. You see, everybody that's born is born with a sin nature. And we're, as we begin our lives, we walk on this broad road, the road that's going to head to hell, destruction. That's because of the sin nature. Now, one person enters life on the narrow road, the narrow road of Jesus Christ, because we're all born sinners. That's what the book of Romans tells us. So something you have to understand very clearly today If when I was born, I entered on the road that's broad. In other words, you'll see a little while. I'll explain that. That means I can do everything my way. The end of that road is called destruction by Jesus. Not me, not Calvary Chapel, not the Catholic Church, not Presbyterian. Destruction. So as I enter life here and I'm on the road that's broad, my way of living, the end is destruction. Here's the statement you need to understand. All it takes to end up at the wrong destination is to do absolutely nothing. You see, I'm already there. Every person you know that's not yet a Christian is on the road to destruction. Every single one. And they're going to have to make a choice to change gates and to change the road so that their destination can change. All they have to do to remain on that road is nothing. That's why you and I were placed here. That's why Jesus is warning his disciples. He says, you're getting ready to go out into a world. You're going to be knocking on tent doors. You're going to be knocking on buildings. You're going to be talking to people. And if those people do not respond to you, the end of their road is destruction. So take it serious. Understand what it's about. Life and death is in these two verses. That's what Jesus talks about. So today, look at that back at verse 13. There's a choice that has to be made. Jesus says, enter, enter, enter the gate. You can't just talk about the gate. You can't just hang around the gate. You have to make a choice. In other words, there's an entrance to the Christian life. You have to enter it. In the original language, that enter means to take a stand, to actually make a positive choice, to arise, to stand up for the right reason. Now, let's talk about the four things that Jesus speaks about. Two gates, two gates. In our world, there's always been two ways to God. Since the beginning of time, Jesus says, look back in verse 13 and 14. Jesus says there is a a narrow gate. The first gate is a, it's a narrow gate. It's God's way. It means that God has defined how to get through this narrow gate. It's not man deciding, it's God. Now, what is that? How does that work? Well, since I'm a sinner... Jesus says, I will get you to salvation through my way. So God reaches down, a holy God reaches down to sinful man and says, here's how to get out of your problem. All I do is choose that. So notice, the narrow gate is Jesus Christ. It's God's way. It's salvation. Jesus would say in John 10, 9, I am the gate. I am 
the gate, whoever enters through me will be saved. Now you can reverse that. Whoever does not enter through me will remain lost. So Jesus defines this. The narrow gate is Jesus. How narrow is that? You ever get a little intimidated when you share with people how to become a Christian and and you have to say this, um, there's only one way to God and that's through Jesus. Well, how dare you? What do you think you are special? You ever get intimidated with that? Well, sure I do. I'd like to say today, hey, whatever way you want, as long as you're sincere, just do whatever it is. I don't care what it is, whatever. You get to God. Oh, that'd be much easier, wouldn't it? But it's very narrow. Say with me, narrow. narrow. Say very narrow. Very narrow. Who, who defined the way, the gate? God did. Calvary Chapel didn't. Catholic Church didn't. Protestant churches didn't. God did. And he says to us, my son is the gate. And you got to go through him to get to me. So that's one way. That's why, the, that's why the gate is very narrow. So I don't apologize for it. God defined it. I didn't define it. God did. Now, when you see that, you say, well, that's the narrow gate. What was the other gate defined as? It was the wide gate. You see, remember in this first slide, Christianity is done. All the work is done. I just have to enter. But now we come to this wide gate. And you need to understand this very clearly. The wide gate is every other religion in the world. From Buddhism to Hinduism to the Mormons to the Jehovah Witness to every other religion to pagan religions and all every other religion falls into the wide, the broad gate, the, the wide gate. What is it? It's man. It's man deciding how he can get to God through good works, through church membership, in the Buddhism and so forth, through, you know, worshiping idols, uh, giving to the priest your fruit. You set the fruit out for the day to the front of the Buddha idol. That gets you right with God. So religion is always due. It's always man doing something to be good enough. The wide gate. And that's, it's every other religion in the entire world. And that's hard for us because it, it pins Christianity and Christ against every other world religion. Done or do. Now, Wednesday night, we went through a part of Joel chapter two, and it talked about Yom Kippur. For those of you that have a Jewish background, we, on Wednesday night and Thursday, we, the Jewish people celebrated Yom Kippur. See, Yom Kippur goes back to the Old Testament when Jesus, when God said, well, you have to kind of take care of your sins until my son comes. So here's this temporary way to do it. And you remember the high priest would go in once, once a year to the Holy of Holies and they'd kill these animals and, and the sacrifice the blood. And one went off into the wilderness and one was killed and the sins of the people were put on the, the animal and that the shedding of blood pictured their sins being forgiven. And it was a joyous, it was an incredible holiday. Well, now what do the Jews do on Yom Kippur? 
Well, there's no temple. There's no, they don't sacrifice animals anymore. It was just a day of thinking about, well, I, I knew I did these bad things. I'm sorry for them, but I know I did enough good giving and doing to people over here. So my good outweighs the bad. God get grades on the, on the curve. See, Judaism has become like every other religion. It's, it's due. Well, Paul was a Jew until he met Jesus. And he got tired of doing. And he wrote this, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 4, it's by grace you've been saved. Through faith, and that's not of yourselves. It's not man's way, it's God's way. It is a gift from God. You can't earn it, you can't be good enough. In fact, it's not by works. So we have these incredible contrasts of how... We get to God. It all starts with a gate. It all starts with a gate. How do I get there? Do I get there by my good works or do I get there by Jesus Christ's work on the cross? Wide, man's way. Narrow, God's way. But once I walk through the gate, we come to the second illustration Jesus used, two roads. The broad road, Jesus says, is following myself. I do my thing, but actually you can only serve either God or Satan, so I'm actually following Satan. The broad road, doing life myself. Remember the song? I did it my way. That's what the broad road is. And it's an easy road. Say it with me this morning, and you got to put a little emphasis in Easy road. Come on, here we go. Easy road. If you were down in the South Beach last night, was it an easy road? Yes. If you're in Las Vegas tonight, is most of Las Vegas an easy road? Well, sure it is. Because what the easy road is, the easy road just means I define what life is like. The Bible says man did what he decided was right in his own eyes. So it's an incredible life. It looks like it's an incredible life of this, well, tolerance. Anything goes, it's permissiveness, it's self-indulgent, it's just filled with pleasure. There's no guidelines, there's no boundary. Everybody just, well, it's an easy road. I'm going to get to heaven because I'm good enough. And between now and then, I just decide what the guidelines are. And actually, for many, there are no guidelines. Just do what's right. Now, you don't want to murder people and kill people. But other than that, you just do what's right. The easy road. Well, Jesus contrasts that with the narrow road. The narrow road is not following self. It's following Jesus Living a life that's focused on the here and now is a struggle for both believers and unbelievers alike. Whether we believe that there's a life beyond this one or not, we easily get caught up in living one day at a time. In today's edition of Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark taught us the importance of acknowledging life's most important question. Where do we plan on spending eternity? And how does that reflect in our day-to-day lives? Social media is a huge blessing that most of us use every day. We want to encourage you to become our Facebook friend and follow our Twitter feed. 
At the Facebook page and Twitter feed, we post information about upcoming events, discipleship articles, and encouraging quotes that will inspire you in your walk with Jesus. Log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to the Calvary Chapel Melbourne Facebook page and Twitter feed, or simply search for Calvary CCM on Facebook or Twitter. We even have a specific Facebook page for the Vieira campus. Simply search for Calvary CCM and you'll see the Vieira Campus Facebook page in the search results. Again, to like our Facebook page and subscribe to our Twitter feed, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Again, our web address is LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons for Living, Pastor Mark will discuss a rather controversial yet crucial reality that each of us is confronted with. In our next message, Pastor Mark will teach us how the reality of eternity and the two paths that are available to take. In our study, we'll learn about the narrow road of salvation and life and the broad, easy road that leads to an eternity of destruction. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. seen and our ears have heard his word made flesh in a herd